Hi, I'm Winston, and welcome to the Real Estate Template. Today we're here with a friend of mine, Billy Bland, and um, local guy, native to Tennessee, and we're going to let him share a little bit of his story. He is an entrepreneur, so he, he teaches school for, for his number one job. Then he started a business landscaping, and then he didn't like the heat of the landscaping, so he started another business called Fishy Business, which he does aquariums and fish. And then he got involved in real estate several years back, and he's been working that business since then. So he's working a little bit of all of it at one time. So why don't you share a little bit of your story? Well, um, started out pretty much, I guess, like like you. Uh, I grew up grew up in Kentucky. Um, didn't have a lot growing up, so kind of uh, muddled our way through. So that's kind of my background as far as um, I guess financials go. It, didn't want to make it seem like that that I had money. I had nothing mm -hmm. when we started. So when I first started teaching, we um, we came here in 2001, and I made uh, $18,000 a year. 18 a year. $18,000 a year, plus housing. <laughs> so they have a little duplex on um, Hogan's Branch, and we got to stay there for a year. So, um, but that's, I mean, that's that's all we had. That's all I made. Um, my wife worked as well, but, um, so you was making $18,000 a year. Nowadays, if you got somebody fresh out of college coming to talk to you, they don't want to talk to you if they ain't going to make 60,000 a year. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy how it, yeah. how it is nowadays. I know. And I, uh, paid for myself to go to go back to school and get a master's degree. So, um, you have to be good with money when you're yeah. making yeah. 18,000 a year, but. Um, one thing that I, I talk to the, the kids about in in, uh, in our school when I teach on um, a section on economics is um, how you you can't waste money. You can you cannot you you have to if you start your life and you're just wasting money and wasting money and wasting money and wasting money, ten years down the road you're not going to have anything. I mean, so you have to make the choice at the beginning. I'm going to sacrifice for the first 10 years or so, you know, I'm going to save money because you have got to get to a point where you have something um, so that when a, a bank or someone, an investor comes along and they see you, they say, this person is good with money. They don't waste money. They don't, you know, buy trivial things and waste it. So how hard is that to get the kids to understand that in a world of entitlement where they, everything is instant gratification? <laughs> I tell them, I said, you guys, you're, you know, you're, you're going out to eat all the time, and then you come home and you're just pooping it down the toilet. That's, that's you're taking your money, literally, and you're <laughs> literally <laughs> pooping it away. And so, um, but they, man, they just keep going out to eat. They keep going to those fast food restaurants. They just keep wasting that money. They want to buy a new car. They, you know, they want the, you know, fancy clothes. And ten, fifteen years down the road, what do you have? I mean, you, you're probably fat now, and you outgrew the clothes, and your car is old. <laughs> I mean, and all that money you would have saved, you're spending on medical bills, trying to take care of yourself right. because they're right. so unhealthy. No, you. I mean, and so I didn't do that, and and maybe it was just the way that I was raised, or or brought up, or just the situation we were in as as kids, that we saw money as more valuable. So it's like I'm going to hold on to it. And it was always in it's it, it was always in my mind that the, when I first started was I'm going to need this later, so I need to hold on to it. 
Oh, you still that way? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I drove I drove a, an old van here. So so part of our biggest argument in my household is my wife going out and buying Starbucks coffee pots. And it's like twelve dollars or whatever, twenty dollars for a box of twelve is like a dollar a cup, two dollars a cup. And I am all over that. I'm like, we are not spending a dollar for a cup of coffee at our own house. <laughs> and it, she's like, you're just ridiculous. <laughs> no, that's how I live. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to give and take her a little bit in marriage. But, but yeah, I mean, that's just, that's, that's the way I am. And my wife knows that. She knows that, you know, if I'm going to the grocery store, I'm only getting the things on the list because, you know, I just don't want it. Just the way I am. And so, but when I started my businesses, I, I learned that, and this is one thing that stuck with me, is that every dollar I made, I could take that and reinvest it, and it would bring me more money. And so I would, I would take the money, and I, I tell people the first three to five years that you own a business, you're probably not going to make anything if you're doing it right, because you're going to take that money and you're going to reinvest it constantly. I didn't make anything, but after five years, okay, now we're making enough that we can start putting it away and saving it. And so, I, I, so I heard a, I heard a, um, I listened to a podcast. There's a guy in Canada. I don't remember what his podcast name was, but but he was talking about his his dad taught him to view his money like little soldiers. Hmm. He said, you take them those soldiers and you send them out to war to go defeat something. They bring all those hostages back. And they make more soldiers out of those hostages. And he just kept talking about that. It was kind of a funny scenario, but it's true. You got to send them out there, let them do their work, let it come back. And you still don't get to enjoy that just yet. You got to send it back out again. And one thing, when I was, as a teacher, you have to constantly go back to school. And I was, uh, I was a history teacher. And so um, I had to go back to school. And I decided to take a class on the Renaissance. And this changed my life, believe it or not. Really? It's crazy. But... I was, you know, taking the class on the Renaissance and just learning about it. And the thing that started the Renaissance were the banks. So I said, oh, this is interesting. And so what happened was the the sailors, the merchants, would come to the banks, and they would borrow money from the banks. Then they would go to the Middle East to purchase all of these products that you couldn't get in Europe. And they would come back and resell it for more and make a, a massive profit. And I started thinking to myself, would I borrow, you know, we're, we're in Dave Ramsey country here, so, you know, um, don't borrow anything. And I thought to myself, wait a second, would I borrow $10,000 to make $100,000? And she was, yeah, I absolutely would. Would I borrow 100000 to make a million? Well, yeah, absolutely I would. And so it kind of got in my mind that borrowing money is not the devil. I mean, you can take you can take that ability to borrow money and use it to make more money. And I saw that in my own businesses. I said, wait a second, if I borrowed if I borrow money and purchase something that has value in itself, so I know it's not going to just you know, I'm not gonna borrow money and buy a car. I mean, that's not wise. Mm -hmm. Borrow money and buy real estate. You're buying you borrow the money to buy something that makes you money. Right. This this product is going to retain its value. And not only retain its value, it's going to increase in value. And I can use it to make even more money. And then at the end, you know, if I decide to sell it in 10 years, it's going to be worth much more than it was 
when I'm, I'm not losing anything. And so I thought, okay, would I borrow money to, to buy something like real estate, something that's, that's, that's not going to lose value? And so I thought, yeah, I think I would. And so that kind of got in my mindset that um, borrowing money is not the devil. In fact, borrowing money is what created the Renaissance. And the Renaissance is what created basically everything that we have around us. Was this time period in history where banks started borrowing money. So all debt ain't bad. No. And the richest guys in the, in that time period were the bankers. Yeah. I think that's still the case today, right? And the government keeps bailing them out. So tell me... When you started your fish business, how much money did you have? How much money did you put into it? There's a lot of people watching the video that's thinking, I don't have enough money to start a real estate business. I don't have enough money to this. I don't have, everybody is stuck on what they don't have rather than understanding what they do have. So I would love to be able to give the people watching the video a thought on, this is what it really takes to start something in, in even different avenues, whatever you think. Yeah. I'll tell you this, when, when I first started the landscaping, that's really the first thing that I did. I had a friend that was doing mowing. He said, hey, why don't you do land, why don't you do like the mulch and the flower beds, things like that. You can have, you know, I'm going to my customers because I hate doing that. I don't want to do that. I just want to mow. I said, okay, that's fine. I mean, I, I sounded like a great idea. So when I did my first mulching job, I borrowed the trailer. I borrowed the trailer. I had a truck. I had an old truck uh, that someone gave me. I borrowed the trailer, I borrowed a pitchfork, I borrowed the wheelbarrow. Only thing I bought was the mulch. That's it. So I went and I and I did that client, and you know I made a good amount of money from it. And I took that money and I went and borrowed. I went and bought a trailer, and you know various types of equipment. So, you, so I had not. You didn't enjoy the money. You just went and put the money no. into your business. No, I I didn't use any of it. I, because I didn't have it, I, I thought, I want to do more of these. I, you know, it made, I think, you know, I was making 30 to $40 an hour doing landscaping, you know. Uh, and somebody making $18,000 a year, 30 to $40 is, you yeah, know, it's a good deal. And so um, I thought, I want to do more. But I didn't, I can't borrow somebody's stuff all the time. So I thought, I'll take this money and I'll go buy my stuff. So I think I did maybe two, and I took all that money and I bought some hedge trimmers or whatever. So basically, I'll start with nothing. But I took the money and then I invested. And then I started making money and I had a little bit set aside. And so that's when, you know, I maybe did it two years and in the middle of summer. And I thought, man, this is, this is hot. <laughs> and uh, my brother um, worked at a business, uh, the fish, a fish aquarium business, and he got to work in the air conditioning. I thought that's what I needed to do. <laughs> and so I, I bought one aquarium. I think I bought one for $150. Okay, so your so your entry to that was your brother was working in a a fish store. Yes. And you looked and you saw some opportunity. Similar business. Yeah. My brother and his friend started a business renting fish aquarium. Okay. So they would go and they set up an aquarium at a doctor's or dentist office and they would pay them a rental fee to, to care for it. Okay. And so um I thought, well, that's it sounds like a good idea, you know. I mean, I'm, I can try it. So, you know, I went and bought a couple of used aquariums and um, had my wife out there trying to get people to let us set the aquariums up, and we got a couple people that did it, and they loved them. And so we thought, well, we'll you know, we'll try to get more. We got a, a few more, but then they started calling their friends. Hey, you know, have you heard about this guy? So have you heard about this guy? Have you heard about this guy? 
and so we started getting more and more and more. And then I got some at, you know, some prominent places and restaurants and things like that. And I was able to put a, you know, a little plaque on there, set my name. And mm-hmm. that really started, started a snowball effect. I mean, it took 15 years, but, um, well, I know when I rented one from you, it came with, um, uh, one of the photo things in it that, that, would, that was one of would just keep moving different photos. You give give you the photos you wanted, and it would just be photos of my family or photos of yeah. the business that would just keep forming through it. We came up with all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean that was part of the the thing that we started with. Um, we said, well, how about we will put some digital frames in there, dish, digital things, and maybe we can do advertising or we can mm-hmm. things like photographs and things like that. You know, just you're always as a business owner looking to how can we absolutely and how can we absolutely. do something different. You know, and and grow and grow and grow. So, uh, so, so as a business owner, that's, that is a very good comment right there. So, as a business owner, life is never stagnant. You never look at it and say, "I arrived." I've I've worked. I tell you, I worked seven days a week, probably for the last ten, fifteen years, every day. You regret but, that? No, no, I don't. But it's but you know, I smile on that because I I do the same. And I don't know what else to do. I, I go nuts right. if I sit at home. I just I think, can't do it. I think, I mean, you even more, because I know your story about how you grew up. But you feel like you have to. I mean, it's not like, and that's okay with you, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's just something I have to do. And it's and that's not a bad thing. It's just that's normal life. And so you're like, okay, I have to go do this. If I want to accomplish something, if I want to accomplish this goal, I want to take care of my family. If I want, when I get old, have something. I just got to. So we're talking about a mindset that we hold. We're not talking about a mindset that, hey, if I want to be an entrepreneur, this is what I got to do. You definitely got to do it for a period of time, for sure. But your lifestyle will be your lifestyle where you make it. Ours tends to to gravitate to, to work. I mean, I didn't have anything to go do on Sunday, and my wife will tell you I spent seven hours outside splitting firewood for my whole day. I spent it. And I don't have a fireplace in my house. <laughs> but I, I, I had some trees that were down with the storm, and I, I said, rather than just throw them away, I'm going to cut them up. I'll make some firewood. I got we, we got an Airbnb that we can bring them from firewood, and they can do little fire pits outside. We'll just use it for another purpose, and ultimately it will make me money. Right. But it's not for any specific purpose for me in general. Same thing with me. I come home, and I, I can't just come home and just sit. Yeah. What am I going to do now? So I come, I would go do something. There's always stuff to do around our property that we own. So, you know, I'm always looking for things to do, always working. But, you know, I mean, it's not that we don't take vacations and things like that. I mean, we'll rest. I'll take, you know, a day off here or there and we'll rest. But, but it's just a, you know, it's just, it is a lifestyle. And at this point, I don't know what I would, I can't just sit around. I mean, you get bored. I tell people, why do you work so much? I don't know. I just get bored. Just sit, or you you feel like it's, you're wasting your life, and you want, we're only here for a short amount of time. So let's talk about your entry into real estate. So you did the the landscaping business, and you went into the fish business, fish business for about 15 years. Successful okay. business. You still you still run that business today. I do. So you never got rid of it. It's a successful business. You just running it. Got an employee managing it, or my son. So your son's running that business now yeah. for you. Okay. I, I'll do stuff on the weekends. Like I work, like I said, I work seven days a week. So I'll do the the difficult things. Um, that uh, in the aquarium business, when you got water and you know this, you don't want accidents to happen. And so um, I do the things that if an accident happened, it would be a big deal. So 
I got, I need to go and take care of it and make sure that something negative doesn't happen. So I'll do the big, really, really large tanks that if they start leaking, that would be really, really bad. Or I'll do the, the, the types of things that, that it's hard for me to trust, uh, my son to do. Not that he's not capable, but you know, some things you want to do yourself. I understand. I understand. So I'll do those things. So, yeah. But, um, my entry to, to real estate was at your house. I don't know if you remember it, so um, you maybe you do, but uh, we were looking for uh, some land to build on, and um, my wife wanted to live on, you know, some land, but at the time, I didn't feel like I could afford to buy a huge piece of land and then build a house on it, things like that, and so, um, and all the land that we were looking at was just pretty overpriced, and so we were at your house, and... Um, and uh, Beth said, hey, look at this house on Happy Hollow Road. And so we looked at it, and it was a really, you know, run-down old farmhouse. And uh, she said, hey, Winston, why don't you go over with us, you know, Bill and show them the, um, the house. And I could tell it in your eyes. You didn't, you didn't want to go. Well, I, I had already looked at So this was 16 acres, right? 17. 17 acres. Yeah. So it had an old house on it, and... I had went and looked at the house and looked at the land, and I saw that it could be a good land development deal. But I had a bunch of irons in the fire. I could right, not do right. that deal at that particular point in time. Yeah. And but you came over with me anyway. Oh, I don't mind going over with you. That's not. <laughs> I, I, it's not not at all that I minded doing that. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm more concerned about getting somebody involved in something that they could possibly lose their money. I think that would be my biggest concern with anything that I even do today. If I can. If I say something that makes somebody make a bad business decision, I don't want that to happen. Yeah. Well, you I know you were super busy, but you came over anyway with this guy that, yeah, <laughs> with just a friend, you know, and I'm yeah, super appreciative of that, that you would come over and, and take your time to crawl, look under the house, and we helped us get into it. And uh, we looked around, and, um, and uh, we saw the house. The house was obviously pretty bad shape but it had 17 acres so I thought okay so maybe what I can do is you know take this land this is not a normal 17 acres by the way this is a very 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 um challenging piece of property the topography was extremely steep yes it was but it was very gorgeous all the way around yeah one yeah when so um I thought, hey, maybe we can subdivide it, and I can take five acres, and then I can sell up the rest, and and you know make a great deal. And so, um, so me and my wife went over one day, and we started walking around. I don't know if anybody had ever walked around the property because it was so overgrown, blackberry bushes. I mean, it was just, I mean, we really, it was tough mm -hmm. to get through it. I remember. And so, um, but we walked up to the top of the hill and looked out, and we saw the view. Pretty uh, a lot like your view now, mm -hmm. and we thought, man, we can, man, we'd love to live here. But how are we gonna make this happen? So um, that's when, um, you know, that's when we went ahead. And good thing I had a, you know, a good amount of cash saved at the time. And so I think that was one of the keys that I mentioned to you was that, you know, through my middle school teacher still got his fish business, so. 
nothing drastic. I mean, it's just really saving money, saving money, saving money. Right. Has you in a position, and that was what, $165,000 for that land, something like that? No, the house and the land was 260. 260, okay. Yeah. So I'm missing about 100 grand. Yeah. Well, over it's about 100. 30, yeah. Basically. Yeah. But it's, you know, this is Nashville. Mm -hmm. It's right outside of Nashville, and it's 17 acres with a house on it for $260,000. Yep. So that, you know, if you know anything about Nashville real estate, that's... that's And that's a popular area. That road's a popular... Yes. Yeah. And and so, um, uh, we, we good thing I had, a, you know, a good amount of cash saving. I couldn't pay for the entire thing with cash, but when you go to a bank and you say, look, I've got, you know, $60,000, $70,000 in cash, then they they look at that and they, you know, that, that looks impressive to them. Mm -hmm. Rather than I go to the bank and I have, you know, $1,000. That's true. I don't have anything. And the, you know, they look at you and say, "Okay, this person is not wasting their money. They they're they're good with money." And so we were able to make that deal, even though we owned our own house, and we didn't make a large amount of money. I was a school teacher, and my wife was working, I think, at a doctor's office as a receptionist. So, um, but we had the aquarium business, and um, which didn't show a huge amount of profit, but you know, a, a little decent amount of profit, mm -hmm. so that. Um, so that that combined with the cash, the bank said, okay, we'll, we'll let you borrow the money. And so we were able to go ahead and, and purchase the land. And then the fun began. <laughs> because we, now, we had to, now we had to develop the land. So when you rehabbed the house, he did a complete rehab on the house and then sold the house. I did. How much did you sell that house for? Uh, 160. 160? That's where my 160 came into. So now you only got $100,000 basically for 12 acres, 12. invested in the land. Mm -hmm. And I was able to divide that into three lots. So now you have um, each lot being about $33,000. That's some good land cost. That is. For for the area, I mean, five acres right now is selling for, what, 200 to 250 Yeah, at least. And I got at it for least. 33 So, you know, that was, that was a, good, a good land cost there. So then we were able to to start our real estate journey there. So ended up building our house uh, here in Tennessee. I don't know what the, the laws are in other places, but uh, you can build your own house if you're going to build one. You don't, Without a contractor's license. You don't need a contractor's license. And so I was able to, to build our own house. Uh, Did you sell those other two tracts of land? I sold one of them. Um, I couldn't sell the other one because it was because of topography. People just couldn't. They they just didn't have the vision to to. I love land like that. I do. Too. I like to do. I love. I'm building one right now. Same same situation. And so I went ahead and said, "Look, if nobody else is going to build on it, I'm going to build on it." So I went. Eventually, got my contractor's license. Um, we built uh, we built that house, turned it into an Airbnb, and then um, I bought back the other property that I'd sold. The guy that bought it from me was a, a pilot and um uh COVID happened and he some life changes for airline pilots mm -hmm. and things like that and he was about to retirement and he you know he changed his mind he said look some things in life have happened I'll, I'll go ahead and sell them back to you he sold it back to me for more than <laughs> where I sold it to him but he was very kind he didn't I mean he could have sold it for more yeah. so he sold it to me for more than he paid, but um, but he definitely could have asked for more. 
Um, and I went ahead and bought that back and, um, and then built another house on it. So the only way that I, I could afford to buy that land back was to get a, a construction loan. Land loans are a little bit, from what I understand, a little bit more difficult mm-hmm. to get than a construction loan. So went to the bank, said, look, I'm going to build a house. And so then I took the, the construction loan money and I used that to buy the land and then build that other house. So turned that into an Airbnb too. So we have two Airbnbs. So on that one piece of land, he took and rehabbed the one house and sold that house, reinvested that cash back into the property. Then he built his personal residence there, which you sold your other house that helped you helped you build the personal yeah. residence too. And then he built two more Airbnbs on that property that are rented every single weekend, right? Right. So they, they stay rented and they they 16 people? 16 people. So each one of those houses he built holds 16 people. So that gives you, you know, it's a nice rental check whenever you get that. So Yeah. No, it's definitely helpful. Yeah. You know? And so the, the, um, everything that I do, I don't, I don't spend money unless I believe that that money will return me money. Mm-hmm. As far as cars go, houses, everything we do. Um, and the, the beautiful thing about real estate is when you buy a house, I mean, normally speaking, and this is, I mean, unless there's strange circumstances, um, when you buy a house in 10 years, you're going to sell it for more than you bought it for. Mm-hmm. You're living rent-free somewhere. And, you know, why rent when you can buy a house? If you got to live somewhere, you buy a house. In 10 years, you're going to sell it for more than you bought it for. So you, you live rent-free and you made money. And I agree. So um, that's an awesome investment. So so last year you bought a another home. I did. A rehab. I did. And that was what? How big a house was that? It was a pretty big house. 3,800 square feet. So 3,800 square foot house. Yeah. And going into that deal was an absolute awesome opportunity. Yes. <laughs> and then in the middle of that deal, interest rates came in. Yes. And, and when we bought the deal, when we bought it. in the face, I guess yeah, I would say. Yeah. The interest rates were 3.5%, 4%, whatever. In between 3 to 4%. I can't remember what they were. And so, you know, it's a great deal. It's in Nashville, it was um, a two and a half acre, to over two and a half acres of land, 3,800 square foot home, not an old home, just basically. No, it was a beautiful home. Yeah. Basically, just the renovations for just um, painting and things like that, updating the, you know, lighting and stuff like that. But um, not a huge renovation, and we got a great deal on it. So I thought this is a home run, you know. But, I mean, almost as soon as we signed those papers, oh, let's double the, uh, you know, interest rate. And so that Fed just kept raising that interest rate. And so now I'm over there every night trying to get this thing done as quick as possible, you know, so we could put it on the market while the interest rates aren't too high. But, you know, it took uh, about eight weeks on the rehab. You know, it's 3,800 3, square foot home, so... Took us about eight weeks to do everything, and that's—I mean—that's that's not bad. That's decent amount of time. Um, and so, um, but by that point, the interest rates had doubled. So from what from you know whatever three to six, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in between six to seven. So that means all those people that were buying 
a 3,800 square foot home. You know, now they've gone down a level. So now they're only buying a, you know, five to $600,000 home instead of a. And we had, we had another scenario, we had that scenario in there that the buying pool for that size of house went down, way down. Mm -hmm. Then also the people that were buying those houses were given way more than asking price too. So there was two scenarios that slapped you at the exact same time right there. Mm -hmm. And it took what? Three months to sell? I mean, total, it took uh, seven months. Seven total months to sell? Since we, from the point that we bought it until we sold it was seven months. Okay. So when you sold it, you still made a profit. Still made a profit. You didn't make what you was hoping to make off of it no. by any means. No. But, but you didn't lose any money. I didn't lose. Did you learn some lessons? I did. So that that is the coolest thing. I mean, if if you can if you can go into a deal like that, and I mean anything and everything that could smack you in the face did it on that project, and it wasn't anything that was ever something that was controllable by you. Right. It was the whole market changed when you right. bought the house, and everything went to, went south. Right. But in the same sense, you bought right, and because you bought right, you didn't lose anything in the end. Right. You still got paid a little bit. Right. But what would you say the the educational gain from the mistakes or from the different things that you see through that, how is that going to affect you in the future? Well, I mean, a couple of things. Um, number one, I learned how to do things myself. So, you know, and usually when you're hiring subs, you know, you're letting them do it. Well, as you see the profit margin coming down, you're like, well, looks like I'm going to be doing this myself. And so I did. I learned how to do things myself. Got on YouTube and found out that, hey, doing some of these things isn't as difficult as it seems. So, um, uh, and... Um, and you got your contractor's license. You got your contractor's license during this project, right? Not before. No, no. I you had gotten it before? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I got the contract during during the um, development of... <laughs> my house in the 17s. Okay, okay. Yeah. And so, you know, some of the things that, I like to hire subs to do a lot of things because like I say, they're doing these things every day. Yeah, they're proficient. And so, and you know, I can come in, can I do it? Yes, probably can I do it. Will I do as good as they do? Probably not. Um, because they're doing something, somebody does something every day for 10 years, they better be good at it. And so um, you you know the subs that they're good at it, you know, and they do it every day and they do it fast. And so um, so I hire subs that do the things that I don't think that I can do as well as they can do. But then there's some things that that I can, or I can learn how to. Same with the aquarium business. I knew a little bit about aquariums, but I didn't know a ton. Are you an expert now? I'm an expert now. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. I did. I mean, you don't have to know. You know, um, you don't have to know about the business. You learn. You know, you 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 learn something. You, I went and talked to my brother, and he trained me a little bit, and talked to well, another friend of ours. So they taught me a little bit, and then I just jumped right into it and and learned as I went. And of course, they were resources. Hey, you know, this has happened, that has happened. Can you help? What do you think? You know, you have people around you, but you don't have to know everything to to do something. I didn't know anything about building a house. I knew you. I knew I could call you and, and you would help me and, you know, walk me through some things. But some you, you call me minimal. I mean, you throughout all, everything you've done. I mean, we've talked a few times on a lot of stuff. I've never really 
told you how to do anything. I mean, we right. talk I'm, about I'm, it. I just say, what do you think about? You've taken it and run with every bit of it. Right. Right. No, so I mean, only I would call you if if things were pretty serious. Hey, Winston, you know, what do you think about this? And you'd give me, you know, advice here or there and things like that. So. so the average person watching this video, some people want to break into real estate. Some people want to be an entrepreneur. They want to do something other than what they're doing. They don't know what way is the right way, what way is the wrong way. My attitude is if you got no money, you got to find a way to make a little bit of money. If you can be a car mechanic, then go into a mechanic in some cars, do that right there. Maybe if you do paint and body work, buy an old banger, fix it up, sell it, make some money, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, and find a way to get you to the money. Do you think, I don't want to say anybody can do real estate, but do you think that most people, if that's what they wanted to do with little to no experience, could step into this realm, slowly educate themselves, and build a multi-million dollar portfolio? Absolutely. I did it. I mean, I grew up basically, my dad died when I was in sixth grade, raised by a single mom. Um, I knew nothing about building anything. When I built my first deck, I, I went and got under somebody's deck and looked and saw how it was. So I think I can do that. So then I, I went and did it. And so I knew nothing about building anything. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely, anybody can do it. Why, why wouldn't you be able to do it? You just have to have in your mindset that, that, that money mindset that we talked about that you can't you can't go into something and you and you don't have money and you go and just start borrowing money and just throwing it at things. You have to have a plan. You have to, okay, this is what I'm going to do, and you start small. Are you goal-oriented? I'm long-term goal-oriented. That's I'm big. And, and I, I coach people, and that's one of my biggest things when I'm coaching. I want to know what you got going 10 years from now. I really don't care about right now. Tell me what you want, where you want to go. We can get you on that path to get you where you want to go. But if you don't know where you want to go, it's very hard to build a bridge if you right. can't see the other side of the river. Right. If you don't have a vision, if you don't have a vision, then how do you know where you're going? Yeah. Or you're just kind of just, you know, pedaling your feet here. You don't, you don't, I'm always wanting to go somewhere. And so that's what, that's what drives my wife crazy sometimes. Is I'm, mine, mine too, mine too. You know, I, I want to get here and I need your help for us to get here and so you know let's let's spend the money <laughs> yeah like, yo but we want to get here and if we you know just waste money here then we, you never achieve and then you work until you're 65 70 years old trying right. to fi figure out how you're gonna live off of social security which may or may not exist by that point if if you live that yeah so our our purpose is to let you understand as an audience that we are we're normal people like everybody else out there. Both of us came from, from nothing pretty much and have built successful businesses. And, and, and I'm saying businesses plural because I built businesses and builders built businesses, not just one, but multiple businesses. And it is all about you and what you want to achieve and what you want to do and what you're willing to sacrifice to achieve this goal that you set for yourself. If you're a married person and your spouse needs to be on board with that, what if your spouse, if your wife was not on board with that, you'd be divorced. Yeah. You'd be divorced or you'd be broke, one or the other. Right. Because right. because it doesn't work when one side wants it and the other side doesn't right. want it. Now she's got to be right there with you. So, 
and she was. I mean, my wife was one of those that, I mean, if I'm shoveling, then she would, you know, grab a shovel and she's right there with me. So, um, yeah, they've got to be on yours. They can't because you're taking risks. You're taking risks and doing things that things could go wrong. I mean, let's be honest. And a lot of times things do go wrong. Things could go wrong. And so you're taking a risk. And if she's constantly pulling you this way or that way or this way, instead of helping you and, and supporting you, then it's going to be a rough time. So in, in month number seven, was there some stress in your marriage on trying to sell a house in month number six or seven? Well, yeah, a little bit. It, yeah. it, you it, know, there was, it gets pressing, but she still got to support you. Right. And she was, no, she really was supportive. But I mean, at at that point, what else can you be? Yeah. I mean, you so, can't quit. No, you can't quit. I mean, you own this thing and, and you know, you're making the payments every month. And so it's, what do you do? Other than you, you've got to be on board at that point. But she was always, she was with me when we bought it. And so she helped me make that decision. She saw that it was a good deal too. She, she loves real estate too. She likes to look at houses. Yeah. And so she knew that that was a good deal. And so she was with me. But, you know, month seven, you, your prayer life gets pretty good about months that. I bet it does. Because it you does. see, you know, you're paying those, those interest payments. And you know we had high interest payments that we were we we did a uh, that we did because we thought hey there's a lot of cushion here you know let's let's do the deal but it ended up not being as much as we thought but um, yeah I mean she was there was some stress I and mean, there there's some sleepless nights I mean let's not let's be real there's some sleepless nights when it comes to real estate sometimes because you have problems you're trying to solve how am i going to do this how am i going to do that and then of course money you know gets involved especially when things don't go how you thought that they would so the stress happens the sleepless nights happens absolutely the different issues happen but all in all you called me this weekend or you sent me a text message this weekend saying hey i'm looking at a property i'm looking at this we don't we don't quit. We see the we see the potential that's there and there's so much potential there. Right. And everything we do educates us to do something better. So we got just a, another minute or so on this right here. Do you have something you could share that might could help somebody start in their own business? A word or two that would my I mean my my biggest thing w would be especially for the young people is you got to start off with that mindset you can't waste that first 10 years of your life that you're making money and you're just completely throwing it away. You need to, to tell yourself no. And I know telling yourself no is the hardest person to tell. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you've ever tried on going on a diet, you know that's the case, telling yourself no. But you have got to tell yourself no for 5, 10 years so that you can build up uh, some cash to be able to do things with. You, you know, you, you've got to have something... Uh, if unless you inherit something, you gotta you have to earn something to to have so that you can go. And now I would have never been able to make that deal had I not done that. Mm -hmm. So that that was my key is is that I had the cash available. So then I was able to to make that deal. It's a lot easier to make that deal because I had been smart and I had sacrificed and I had not done things and had that piece of money so then yeah now I can make the deal so when the opportunity comes you have to be ready to make the deal if you if you're not then it's just going to pass you right by I remember when I was younger 
I could save up $4,000, $5,000. It would take me forever to save up $4,000. And by the time I saved it up, I was so discouraged because all I had was $4,000 after saving for a year. This is when I was making eight bucks an hour, four to seven dollars an hour. And I got $4,000. I'm like, I go pull all the money out and go buy something stupid for my car. And then a month later, I'm all upset about it. I got no money in the bank. And you start, I mean, and I did that several times before I realized, you know what? Stop doing the stupid stuff. Yeah. You know, hold the investment and make it work for you. Right. So. Yeah, that and then another thing was we live we live in a capitalist country. I mean, we do. That's just the way it is. So you have to have money to make money. You have to have capital. And so I would tell the younger people to invest in yourself. I mean, that's an important thing. You've got to invest in yourself. You're going to pay for education. Either you're going to, you're going to actively pay for it, you know, you go get a mentor, things like that, or you're going to make dumb mistakes and then wish that you had. Pay for it there, too. You're going to pay for it there. So I made a lot of You can stuff. fail your way forward and make it very successful, but it's way more per, way more painful doing it that way than it is to, to find a mentor or to find a coach or to f take a couple of classes in a certain thing to learn how to do it properly. Right. And and I, I achieved that through Rich Dad Education. I mean, Rich Dad Education brought me to the level that I needed to go to. Right. And that's all opportunity lost, you know, if you you don't know what you're doing and these deals are just passing you by and you don't know. And you just don't know. So you, you've got to invest in yourself, you know, so that educate yourself so that you can make smart deals, wise deals, so that when they come along, you can you know, identify them and say, hey, that's a good deal. I, I know what I'm doing now. And now you go and you, you take that risk. You have your money. You know, you have, uh, you know, some money set aside. Now I can go and take that risk and reap the benefits from it. So. Absolutely. Well, everyone, I hope that this video has given you some information that you can use. Hopefully we give you a little inspiration that if you're wanting to do this and don't know how to do it or afraid that you can't do it, you think it's impossible that you can look through Billy's story, my story, and say, we can do that. If they can do it, we can do it. If he could do it on 18000 a year salary, me, I was just looking for $100 a day when I started my first company. I, yeah. If I was $100 a day, I was doing great compared to what I've been doing the rest of my life. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not all huge. It's small steps, small steps, baby steps forward to make it happen. But we appreciate y'all watching the video. Please press like and subscribe to our channel. And we'll see you on the next video. Billy, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much.